Welcome. This is the Sean Sandifer Show, where we're building a community of free thinkers, innovators, creators, and entrepreneurs. We are a new generation of leaders and problem solvers who seek to build better communities, a better country, and a better world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sean Sandifer Show. I'm Sean Sandifer, your host. It's great to be back with you all. It's been a while since my last episode. I've been doing a lot of traveling during the month of June, going on various trips and adventures. And if you remember, at the beginning of the month, I was promoting an interview that I did with my friend Sydney on her podcast, which is called Letter Me Up. Letter Me Up, L-E-T-T-E-R, space me, space up. And that interview was all about many of the things I talk about on this podcast, entrepreneurship, money management, but especially it was about politics. And we talked about how to have conversations around politics, both publicly and privately, and especially to have those conversations with people who may have differing views than, than you. And it's really a great conversation that we had. I, we, we also talked about how social media and various influences have shaped our generation, the younger generation, and and their views. And so it's a great conversation. So if you would like, go go give a listen to the Letter Me Up podcast. I talked with Sydney about those, those topics, and it was a good conversation. So like I said, I've been doing a lot of traveling. My friend Jansen is in medical school in Georgia, and we so me and another friend went and visited her in Georgia, and then we went to Savannah, Tybee Island, Hilton Head Island, and just had a good time down there. And then I was home for a couple days doing various things, getting caught up, you know, like that is when you get home from a trip. And then I turned right around, and me and Riley went on a road trip out west. We, we flew to L.A., and then we rented a Jeep Compass, and we went to Palm Springs, then to Joshua Tree, then to the Grand Canyon, and then we went to Zion National Park in southern Utah, and then we ended up in Las Vegas, and so it was about a week-long trip. Really great trip, great to kind of get away from business and school and all those different stuff and just see new places and do new things. I'll give a, a brief little update, a brief little review on those those places. So loved Palm Springs. It was a it's very like vintage retro. It was very much a vibe. I really enjoyed it. The hotel we were at was really colorful. It was fun. There was a younger crowd, um, good ambiance, and really really liked Palm Springs. Good downtown area, so I would definitely go back there. Joshua Tree was cool. It was a park that we just kind of drove through over a, a few hours. It was like big boulder formations, rock formations, unique looking trees. It was, a, it was very much a desert landscape pretty remote so that was interesting about it but it's not really a park where you do much hiking and keep in mind when we were out here the temperatures were literally like 115 degrees no exaggeration so for the most part we were in our car and we just drove through the park and took some cool pictures and then we stayed that night in near joshua tree and we stayed in a vintage airstream camper so that was an experience in and of itself, and there was a hot tub, and you could see the stars, and it was in the desert. It was very cool, very unique. Um, not the most luxurious of accommodations, but definitely a really interesting experience. I would say Joshua Tree was one of those places where I'm glad I went to. I'm glad I went and got good pictures and good content there, but it's not necessarily a place I need to go back unless I had a, a reason to go back. But it was cool to experience the desert and the heat because it was it was probably the hottest I've ever experienced, but it wasn't like as unpleasant as humid heat because it was a very deserty dry heat 
out near Joshua Tree and, and in Palm Springs, whereas like Florida sometimes can be really humid and, and even more unpleasant. But it was it was really hot, but it was cool to experience the desert. So I'm definitely glad that I got to go out there and it was in a pretty remote part of California. So just cool to see that lack of settlement and just really feel like you were on it on a your own journey. And so then after Joshua Tree, we went to the Grand Canyon and the Grand Canyon, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I'd flown over it before, but I hadn't seen it from, from the land in person. And it was amazing views. I was actually surprised at how remote the Grand Canyon was. Like I was surprised at how little development there was. And I think that it's because there are Native American reservations around there and there's less development in that area. But it still surprised me because you had to drive like an hour off the interstate to the to the south entrance of the Grand, Grand Canyon. And then when you left the Grand Canyon, it was like an hour east. And I mean, we drove from the eastern entrance of the Grand Canyon to southern Utah. And we literally drove more than an hour without seeing another town. And we, and we would drive miles without seeing another car. So it was super eerie. And like I said, I'm really glad I saw the Grand Canyon. But it's, again, one of those things that I'm glad I saw don't really really need to go back unless I have another reason to go back. So like I said, I would go back to Palm Springs, Joshua Tree, don't need to go back, glad I did it. Grand Canyon, don't need to necessarily go back, glad I did it. You know, unless I'm like to take, in the future, take like my kids or grandkids there, then I would definitely do that. And then we went to Zion National Park, which was in Southern Utah, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so I'd been to the Grand Canyon, I have been to Yellowstone before, various, I've been to the Smoky, Smoky National Park in Tennessee, North Carolina. And we really enjoyed Zion National Park. I would say it was a very immersive national park experience. I mean, big, tall canyon walls. You took a shuttle bus into the park and it drove you up kind of the canyon. There was a river running through it and hiking trails. And so it was really like what you picture, or at least what I picture when I think of national parks. Whereas with like the Grand Canyon, it's more like you just drive up to the viewing area and look at it and it's amazing but it's not really like you're really that involved in it and then similar with joshua tree national park we just drove through it yellowstone was great lots of cool areas but again we were driving around it so zion was i really felt like i was in it and so that was really cool and we hiked the angels landing trail which is a very strenuous trail in zion national park and it was like three miles up and so we got to the top of the cliff and then there were two really steep humps at the top mounds or at the very top of the of the cliff and I mean literally there were no guardrails or anything we, it was very steep and like two feet from us was like this big cliff drop off and they say that like they say that 20 or so people have died since I think like 2005 and honestly I'm surprised it's not more than that because it, it was dangerous up there I didn't I was not really a fan I could not I had to like look the other way I couldn't look over the the cliff because I was so close and it was hot and I was like okay if I like had heat stroke or something and like passed out here like I could very easily go tumbling over the the cliff wall so anyway I'm, I'm glad I did it was like a five mile hike up this cliff and then we came back down and uh, we're like went into the river and it was it was a really nice time but the, the national park, the Zion Park was a nice time, but I'm, I don't necessarily want to do that <laughs> that trail again. So I would definitely go back to Zion, but I would maybe do a different trail and just 
have that experience again. I would love to go with friends and maybe like camp for a couple days. I'm not a big camper, honestly, but I think it'd be fun to either like rent like an RV or even a nice tent type of camping where we could do like, I'm, I'm thinking like sit by the fire and that kind of stuff would be fun. So then after Zion, we spent the last 36 hours of our trip in Las Vegas. And I had just been to Las Vegas in March for my brother's bachelor party. So I knew what to expect. And it was nice to end the trip there because we had a nice hotel and pool. And it was kind of nice to take a break from all the national park stuff we had been doing. But Las Vegas is kind of one of those places where you need to get there with a lot of energy and a full wallet. And since it was the end of our trip, it was like we were running out of energy, we were running out of money. I mean, not literally running out of money, but, you know, for the trip. It was just we'd been spending a lot. And so by the time we got to Las Vegas, it was we were kind of tired. But still, I'm, I'm glad we went. And next time, of course, I would definitely go back to Las Vegas. I, I really like Las Vegas. It's not as seedy as I think a lot of people make it out to be. It definitely can be if you want it to be seedy, but it also can be as nice as you want it to be. So... Had a good time in Las Vegas, and then we flew home to St. Louis, and it's just a nice road trip. It, it wasn't exactly relaxing, you know. It wasn't really like a vacation, or like if you go to a, a resort or Florida or wherever, and you're on the beach. It was very much an adventure, and honestly, like I was, I felt almost exhausted when I got home because we had been on the road so much. And the trip was amazing, but you're just constantly living out of your suitcase. You're unloading your suitcase, checking in a hotel, checking into this Airbnb, checking out loading the car, unloading the car, and it's like you've, you get you get done. It's, you've had all these great experiences, but it's like you're tired. And so my next trip, I, I need just a relaxing, like go to one place, stay in one place, and just kind of slow down. So I think that's what I need for my next trip. But this brings me to the topic of the episode. I hope you enjoyed my little overview of the road trips that I went on and, and the places I've been. Feel free to reach out if you are planning to go there or would like to go there. I will give you all the input and advice that I can. But this, this brings me to the topic of the day, which is traveling on a budget. And as a law student and someone who's been in college for six years now, I definitely know what it's like to have to get creative with your money to travel and go on trips. And I can't go everywhere I want to go. I can't do everything I want to do. But that, I still haven't let that stop me from trying to experience new things and go to new places. And... If you're like me and you can't yet afford your private jet, then you're in the right place because I have compiled a list of tips for how to travel on a budget. I also talked to some of my friends that I do a lot of my traveling with and I asked them like what what are their tips and so we put together a list. I'm going to talk through some of these things which are great for people who are just trying to be money conscious on their trip, especially people who are maybe college students or are just starting out making their full income and they don't have as much disposable cash as maybe like your parents do. And you can't, you just can't do everything. I would love to. And fortunately I'm, I'm close. I have one more year left of school and I'm very much looking forward to making more of a big boy income. And, and certainly as I've gotten older and I've earned more money, my budgets on my trips have gone up. So I'm not at age 24. I don't have the same budget on trips that I had when I was like 19, but I have been there and I know what that's like. And so I've compiled this list of tips. Okay, so the first one is travel with friends to split costs. There's a big trend right now to do solo travel and I definitely support solo travel if you can do it. Personally, I don't, I have not been on a big solo traveling trip. 
A, because I'm a little bit more of an extrovert. I like to be around people. I don't like to be by myself for that long just because I like to socialize and go off other people's energy. It's just more fun for me. But also financially, like it's difficult to solo travel because you're, you have nobody to split your lodging with. Like, for example, if you wanted to go down to Savannah, Georgia by yourself, well, the Airbnbs might be $300 a night or more. And to do that by yourself, it just is a little bit cost prohibitive to solo travel. So do do go with friends because you can split gas, you can split lodging accommodations, various other things. Or if you are going to solo travel, maybe if you had a place to stay, like somebody else to stay with that you knew. But of course, that kind of defeats the purpose of solo travel a bit. Okay, so number one, travel with friends. Number two, decide what your priorities are. So food, lodging, activities, do you want to have the most part of your budget be your hotel, your Airbnb? Do you want to stay in a lower end hotel or Airbnb, but maybe have more money for food? Do you want to spend more money on activities and maybe you could eat fast food or like quicker food and lower end lodging, but have more money for activities? And so that's definitely something to talk about with the people that you're going on the trip with and just have a discussion like what are our main priorities? Because you may not be able to prioritize everything of course, one day, again, I hope to be able to spend whatever I want, but at this stage in, in my life and probably in yours, you don't have all, all the money to spend everything you want to do. So a lot of these are probably common sense, but I think they're good reminders anyway and just to be, to be thinking of if you're going on your next trip. A third, a third tip is to compare prices, do your research. I had a friend that went on a trip a couple months ago and they went to a restaurant and they didn't look at the menu until they got seated or they like didn't really look into it or research it. And their bill was like $200 a person. It was a really like fancy restaurant. They were already seated and it was, I guess, too awkward for them to leave. And so they ended up paying the bill, but it was like $400 for the bill. And so they're like, wow, I really wish I would have looked at the menu. So before you go out, of course, check out the menu. Don't be afraid to communicate your expectations to your other friends about what you can afford and what you're comfortable with spending on certain activities or meals or hotels or anything like that. Just make a plan. You know, for, This goes to my fourth tip here. Make a plan for restaurants. Look into what activities you're going to be doing. There's a lot of free or low-cost activities, a lot of like hiking type of things like I, what I was just on, a lot of driving around. The national parks aren't very expensive to go to. You can do a lot of low-cost things like that. Of course, if we're going to do something like whitewater rafting, that's going to probably have a fee. So you got to look into that. Sightseeing, going into certain museums like the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. Like There's lots of cool things to do like that that are very low cost. So maybe going somewhere or the beach. The beach is low cost. So going to a place where you have a very low cost activities. Okay, tip number five, and I already touched on this, but set expectations. Clearly communicate with your travel partners. If one person's like, nope, I want to ball out. I want to go to, to the $150 steak restaurant. And the other person's like, nope, I want Subway. <laughs> or I want McDonald's or whatever. Or I want Chipotle. Then just make sure you're on the same page so you're not on the trip and you have just conflict or tension because somebody had different expectations than the other. So just set expectations and talk about what a positive trip would look like for you and what kind of things you're wanting so that nobody feels uncomfortable if you're going to a certain restaurant or doing a certain activity, definitely important to be on the same page with your travel partners. Next tip, stay with family members or friends. If that's an option, obviously that's not a great, op that's not an option for many different places, but 
in 2016. So I would have been 19. It was after my first year of college, a bunch of a group of friends and I flew out to San Diego because we had a friend that had family members that had a big house out in that area. And we, they, we, they were gracious enough to let us stay with them for a few days. And so we were able to enjoy five days or a week or so in San Diego. And we didn't have to pay for lodging because we were able to stay with my friend's family members and they were happy to have us and we're very grateful to them for doing that. So if you have family members or friends that have a place for you to stay, that's a great place to consider going to for your travels instead of going somewhere where you don't have anybody. So, you know, you may have friends or family in South Carolina that would allow you to stay with them. Maybe plan your trip there instead of somewhere else where you don't have that. Okay, here's a quote from somebody else. Quote, take your own snacks. If it's nice outside, do takeout or skip the added cost of restaurants like drinks and dessert that you might be tempted to get there. Right, so if you go to a sit-down restaurant, you might want to get appetizers, you might want to get drinks or dessert, which it might be good for a couple days of the trip. On, on my road trip we just had, we had a, a really nice dinner in Palm Springs, we had a nice dinner in Las Vegas, but kind of in between, we literally ate what we could eat what we could find. We had In-N-Out Burger the first night. We literally ate Domino's one night because that was like the only option we had in the area that was on that that time when we were going through the Grand Canyon and there was very little places to eat so we had Domino's we ate at a barbecue restaurant which was nice but it wasn't like super high end so just things like that do takeout have a picnic just don't get roped into those restaurants where you end up spending a hundred dollars if you don't want to of course if you want if that's your thing and you love to do that and you're able to do that financially by all means, go ahead. Okay, here's another one. A couple more tips left. Less can be more. So three days can be worth it compared to a week. So you may be able, by doing some planning, you may be to be able to enjoy what you want to enjoy in three days. Maybe a short beach trip for three days. Beach, free activity. Go with friends. Rent out an Airbnb. Split the cost. Go to the beach. A few days. Don't need seven days there. Three days is fine. So I think that's a good tip. Don't overdo it. Less can be more. If you are flying, just be smart about added costs like overpriced airport food. Of course, look for the best flight deals. A lot of airlines have sales. For example, another example, I'm thinking about all these things as I'm talking. On this trip we just went on, we flew to Los Angeles. We drove immediately, we got in a rental car from Los Angeles and we drove a couple hours to Palm Springs. But that's because the flights to Los Angeles were much more convenient timing-wise, and they were literally $300 cheaper than if we would have flown directly into Palm Springs. Because the Palm Springs airport is smaller, there's less frequent flights to it, and so I think the flights there were like $550, whereas our flights to Los Angeles were more like $250. I don't remember if that was a round trip or not, but like I said, I, I, I found the best flight deals that I could, or if you, if you can drive, if it's a drivable location, you might be able to save money. I, I just drove to Georgia, so I literally lived out these tips that I'm telling you, I've been living these out for years. Like I said, I would love to throw around cash and swipe my credit card or my debit card whenever and however I want. And trust me, I plan to one day. I would love to have a private jet, love all that stuff. I'm totally supportive of that if you can do that. But at this point in our life, in order to get there, we've gotta be smart about our money. So we've gotta plan it out. You know, don't play Mr. Hotshot. And, or Mrs. Hotshot and roll, you know, drain your bank accounts because you're trying to be cool or you don't want, to, you want everyone to think you're a high roller. 
make a plan, communicate your expectations with your other travel partners, be clear about it. And that way, one day, you will be able to freely spend and do whatever you want on your trips. And I very much am looking forward to that day. So anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you found it helpful or insightful, please screenshot your podcast player, share it to your Facebook or your Instagram story. Tell us you're listening. Feel free to reach out. You can email me, hello at the Sean Sanderford Show. That's H-E-L-L-O at the Sean Sanderford Show. You also can find me, follow me, interact with me on social media, facebook.com slash the Sean Sandifer Show or my personal page on Instagram at Sean Sandifer. And I would love to connect with you there. So that is the episode on my summer travels so far and some tips on how to travel on a budget. Hope you enjoyed it. And I will look forward to talking with you soon on my next episode. This is the Sean Sandifer Show. I'm Sean Sandifer, your host. Talk to you all again soon.